I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Zoom, zoom, zoom. <laughs> zoom, 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 zoom. Simona. Mm. <laughs> Simona, Simona, baby. I have to add my own. Yeah. <laughs> Lord of mercy. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm Opiemi Sofaluk. I'm a diversity, equity and inclusion programme manager. And I'm also the co-author of Twice As Hard alongside... Me, Raphael Sofaluk, founder and CEO of UK Black Business Show and UK Black Business Week. This is the Twice As Hard podcast, the essential guide where we share tips to tool you up to succeed in the world of work and business. Today's affirmation is... Success isn't always about greatness. It's about consistency. Consistent hard work gains success. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can follow me at Raphael Sofaluk on Instagram and Twitter. And me, opiemi.sofaluk on Instagram and Twitter. And of course, Twice As Hard Book on Instagram and Twitter. So today we want to talk about, you know, creating tools to be consistent in your career or your professional journey. Opiemi, what are your what are your key tools to provide consistency for yourself? Ooh, do you know what? Consistency is something, it's like a muscle that you build. Mm. Um, and I think for me, it starts with understanding what your vision is. Um, because when you know where you're going or where you're trying to get to, I think that brings about the motivation to do the work to get there. Um, and I think a key part of consistency is not allowing challenges or um, roadblocks to stop you from, you know, continuing on that journey. Um, I think when I'm just thinking back to my career, there are different you know, I started, of course, as you know, in banking. Um, and actually, I realised that is not really where I want to stay. I was learning. That was great. But I really wanted to be in a space where I could help people, but be in an industry that would um, compensate me well for the kind of work that I would do. Um, and so for me, it was being determined to build the relationships of people in that space. I know you <laughs> have had a journey of consistency and hard work. Consistency is is so important. I I always kind of talk about it as well and I put it alongside things like execution mm-hmm. um, so it's it's great if you okay you execute for example UK Black Business Show yeah we can execute one year um, but if we don't if we're not consistent in our execution then you know the, sh- the show w- will not have longevity and you know, it's it's about, you know, consistency as a, maybe as a professional is having the strength to constantly show up, you know, regardless of what's going on. So it's about performing, you know, in all different types of weather. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. And I think when you said execution, it's not about just execution. It's executing with excellence. Mm. And that's the key thing because you can do something, but how well are you doing it? Um, and, you know, I just wanted to kind of hear from you. Do you... What what advice would you give to anyone who is struggling to be consistent? That's a great question. I think 
remember why you're doing it. Yeah. Um, you know, what what is your there's a, there's a um there's a few books on, you know, knowing your purpose and your why and it's those days when you can't be bothered and you go back and you think why am I actually doing this, you know? Um but also that's why it's good to set goals as well. Mm-hmm. I know it's kind of going off topic, but making sure you set goals and knowing your end journey um, helps you to be consistent when you're not feeling great, when you're not um, in the mood. So who are we speaking to today? Zoom, zoom, zoom. <laughs> zoom, 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 zoom. Simona. Mm. <laughs> Simona, Mina, baby. I have to add my own. Yeah. Lord of mercy. <laughs> we have a fantastic guest. Today we have, we're interviewing Doneo, pronounced Doneo, meaning gift from God. He is a British singer, songwriter and rapper from Northwest London. He has worked with numerous British musicians throughout his career, including gigs, mm. Lethal Bizzle, Dizzy Rascal, JME, and Calvin Harris. In 2016, Deneo produced and featured on gig single Lockdo, which was 12 on the UK R&B chart, becoming gig's highest charting single. In April 2017, the single was certified gold. In 2017, Deneo also released his mixtape 16, which featured cuts with Fredo, Young T and Bugsy, Gets, Wretch 32 and The Late Cadet. In 2019, Deneo launched his record label, Moving Anti, a joint venture with Island Records. Incredible. How do you, how do you feel after just hearing your, your bio? I'm sure people read it out, but how, how does it feel like just hearing the achievements? Uh, I think at this stage of my life, it's good to be reminded, mm-hmm. you know, because you got you got, when you put energy out into the world, and people try and give you back the energy. Sometimes, well, I don't. I can't talk for everyone else, but sometimes for me, I find it hard to receive the energy. Mm-hmm. So now I'm learning to receive it and allow myself to enjoy my successes. That's good. I love that. That's good. Well, do you know what? I think there's going to be a lot to learn from you in this conversation. We are focusing on consistency. Yes. Um, and so before we jump into that, we're going to do a quick fire round. Okay. Just to relax ourselves, learn a little bit about you real quickly. So without thinking too much about the answer, just give us, you know, what you, what comes to mind first. Okay. Yeah. So early starts or late nights? Early starts. Oh, that's good. Are you quite an early bird? I'm not an early bird, but I have a less stressful day if yeah. I wake up early. Studio or live performances? Studio. Yeezys or Jordans? Yeezys. But I've got a pair of Jordans. I've got a few Jordans at home, but like Yeezys, I've just got loads. Ableton or Logic Pro? Logic Pro. UKG or Funky House? UK Funky. What about a Mappiano? How you? How does that compare as well? It's the same thing. It is, but isn't it? more updated. It's more like a... It's a, a a contemporary version of that, yeah. just like Funky was a contemporary version of Garage. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then last but not least, a night in or a big night out? Ooh, I'm edging towards a night in. Okay, I was going to say, because if you're trying to wake up early... Yeah, but then I was out last night, so... Well, well. <laughs> party hard, party hard. Well, I was, I was performing, <laughs> but I feel like 
it's not it's not necessarily about the I feel like that that question there's layers to it because staying in is staying in there's so many um things that positives that come from that you know relaxing watching tv hanging out with your partner or whatever going out for me now it has to be a planned thing because mm-hmm. I want to enjoy my evening you know like sometimes you might go to somewhere and you'd be like I could have just stayed at home mm-hmm. so I don't I don't want to feel like that anymore so I hear it What is your professional slash career mantra? I'm a musician. I'm a I'm a songwriter, artist, producer. Mm-hmm. If we was to keep it simple, mm-hmm. I don't really have a quote. I wanted to make music since I was six. I had a very strong um, want and understanding of what my passion was. Mm. So I don't really need to like hype myself up to make music. It's just something I love doing. Something that comes naturally. Yeah, I think not making music is more of a detriment to my health than making. I hear it. So almost like a an outlet. So that's interesting. I guess when you think about musicians and um, producers, for me, it, it, it goes hand in hand with creativity. Yeah. Um, and so I'll be interested to know, like, when was the last time you were inspired? And when it typically comes to creating, what inspires you? I'm inspired all the time. Like um, the song I did with Terry Walker was mm-hmm. inspired by I'm a Piano, but I was listening to a lot of disco. Mm-hmm. So, and a lot of Prince. So I wanted to mix the two. I think the thing that I'm mostly ex- inspired and excited about is finding ways to mix sounds together. Do you know what I mean? Like say for instance, like African Warrior. The thing that people don't clock about African Warrior is in the chorus I'm saying I'm an African Warrior, but I'm singing the verses in Patois. Okay, I need to go and listen back then. Do you know what I mean? And look oh. out for that. And then like that rhythm took me at least s- six months to make. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I, I like mixing, I like mixing and matching things. Or well, my circle is funky and trap music. Yeah, yeah. I think that if if, if there was something that I could say definitely excited me, it's, it's that. Yeah, I guess then that's just the ability to create and the innovation that comes out of that. So yeah. to your point, like you're trying to do new things with sounds that exist. Mm. Um, so I think that's that's quite powerful. So actually, we really wanted to talk to you about consistency. Um, and, you know, we really want to spend some time understanding the tools to create consistency. Because when mm. we think about your career, like you've been around and you're still you're still about. So how would you describe, you know, the work that you do and make? Um, and what would you say is kind of one misconception people have about you? All right, so the consistency thing, this is very important because it's like I've I've worked out why my career has gone the way it's gone. Consist there, there's like five major lessons I feel like everybody needs to learn if they want to be successful. And there's four that you need to learn in a group and one that you need to just, that if you don't do the one, the other four is irrelevant. So there's responsibility, gratitude, a clear vision and manifestations. And then once you have all those in your boat, you've got to face your fears. You've got to use it all and actually do the thing. You've got to jump off the board. And for me, consistency comes with gratitude. Mm. So responsibility is when you decide, I'm going to wake up early even though I don't want to because I know how that's going to benefit me. I'm going to get mentors because there's certain areas that I'm weak in and I need someone to teach me. Do you know what I mean? That's 
responsibility. But it's like, I always say it's the chicken and the egg because gratitude allows you to kind of, again, gives you a clearer vision of who you are and what, what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, you take the responsibility to, to get up and be consistent at something. And then when you take that responsibility, all the other lessons start coming to you. Mm -hmm. So then gratitude comes and then you start seeing like, oh, like, for instance, like I've got a, an artist I'm working with and she's worried about money. And I'm like, but when you lost your job, you got a new one in a month's time. Like you got to stop and look at yourself. You had, you was responsible. You had your own back. Mm -hmm. You're not grateful for your ambition to, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And if you want to build consistency, you got to see like, what am I doing right now that I'm doing right? Because gratitude isn't just about like being humble. Gratitude is like, oh, I, I, I set up an award show for, for young black techs. That's a thing to be proud. You need to be grateful that you had the, the intelligence, bravery, ambition, common sense to execute something like that. At some point, you've got to go back and go, oh, I actually did... Wow, like I'm gonna inspire young people to want to go into these roles. Do you know yeah. what I mean? That part, that part where I'm responsible, so you're making the decisions to get to where you need to be. But that yeah. gratitude is almost an appreciation of where you are. Yes, gives you that motivation to get further. Yes, yeah, like, I like love that. Like a reflection. Yeah, because yeah, if that. you're grateful, then you're able to see what you've achieved. Yeah, and then what a lot of people are like is, oh, I'm not achieving enough. Mm -hmm. But if you have gratitude you're happy with what you've got and you'll realise you're kind of already achieving things mm -hmm. so you can take the stress off a little bit. Mm -hmm. right? And then it gives you that push to, to achieve, achieve more. more. Yes. Got it. What would you say then is one of the misconceptions you feel people have about you? At this point in my career, because I'm really, a, I'm really a, an outgoing person, so I'll go perform on stage, bust up the rave, and then I'll go raving with my friends in the same club. Do you know what I mean? So I think the the public or our community knows who I am. I don't mm -hmm. think there's any misconceptions. They know I'm a nice guy. Mm -hmm. They know that if you provoke me, there's a monster there. They know that like I like to make music. They they know that they can approach me. And like our community knows they can approach me whenever they want. And I'm gonna give you my full attention mm -hmm. for like five minutes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> But they usually never take it longer than a minute. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know if out I don't know what the the perception of me outside of our community is, but I know our community knows who I am and what I mean to them. Yeah. But outside of that, that maybe they may not understand the aggression, I'd say. Because it's very it's a it's quite confusing because I come across as a nice, peaceful character kind of thing. So when the aggression comes, then they might misconstrue that as something else. Do you know what's funny? I was speaking to my therapist yesterday, right? And um, that aggression was a tool I needed to survive in the hood. Mm. So Natch, I say this, I'm really Carlton Banks. <laughs> yeah. Have you been watching the new what, in, in the new series? Not the new series because <laughs> no, 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 no. The old I've yeah, yeah the new, Carlton Bank in the new series isn't. He's different. So I'm really Carlton Banks. But what happened to me is, what happened to Will Smith and Philly? Mm -hmm. Take Will out of it and make it Carlton. So I've gone to the 
football court and got robbed. Mm. I go home. My parents ain't rich. Like, I, I didn't grow up rich. My mum used to sew in a factory and my dad was a bus conductor, not even a driver. So we didn't have money. So they're like, well, you got to go back. So I got to go back to the football court. Get robbed again. Then the third time, I'm like, well, I keep coming here. So I beat up the people that robbed me. Mm -hmm. And then there was a period where I had to do that for like three, four years. Like attack everyone who thought they could attack me. Mm. And as, as I've gotten older, it's kind of like that, that aggression has become a part of me. Mm-hmm. But it's not the core of who I am. I could change that aggression if I really wanted to. I can mm-hmm. get rid of that. Like my ADHD, I can't get rid of that. Mm-hmm. But the aggression, if I stay away from, like f- if I stay away for five years, it will go. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not really who I am. That's why it's not, you don't see it. Mm-hmm. But it is, it was a tool I needed to grow up in the environment I grew up in. Yeah. In, in our community, we don't talk about, you know, therapy or or often we don't kind of, I think it's only recently we're having more conversations um, around the importance of finding spaces to share and reflect. Um, and when, how did that decision come about for you? I know for a lot of black men, you know, it's not something we often discuss. Yeah, I think it's becoming a bit more common as well. Yeah. So yeah, so it would be good to hear. When I got signed to Ireland... It was like 16 years I'd been independent and I'd signed to a major, but also I had four key records that year put me in the public eye more than I would have liked to have been. So there was my circle, Western's Come Down, which I produced, then there was Locked for Gigs and then Black. Was that all in the same year? Yeah, that was all in 2016. Wow. It was all in 2016. And what happened is, like, the anonymity that I had built within my career was broken. So now people didn't only just know the voice, they knew the face. And then after that, I signed. So they're going to put more money in and more people. So I realised I'm not going to be able to handle that well. Yeah. Because I don't like attention. Do you know what I mean? I used to go into raves dressed really badly to perform, to come off, just to rave my friends. So people are like, oh, but there's nothing to rob this. Like, this, like he's not, I'm, I'm trying to be as inconspicuous as possible. Yeah. I realised once I got signed that the attention was going to get bigger and I wouldn't be able to manage it if I didn't have someone to help me navigate through it. So you were forward thinking? Yeah, I love that because that was the, one of the questions I was going to ask, you know, did therapy kind of support your work and your creativity? And yeah. essentially that's that's what it was doing. So that's great to hear. Um, I mean, you're such a versatile creator. You know, you, you've moved through multiple genres, garage, drum and bass, funky, grime. How do you do that with so much authenticity? I think I did it from a necessity point. So I came up through like the jungle era just after the the hardcore era, and then that died. And I was, I was in secondary school, so I wasn't even able to even get into that. Then as I'm trying to get into Garage, like, I'm, I, I made bounce at the end of that. And then Grime started. So now you're starting to see a, a concept of scenes are birthed, and after two, three years, they die. So after the Garage Grime thing, obviously it's popped off, I'm still naive to that concept though. So I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be around forever. That dies. Baseline comes. I have to adapt to that. 
baseline dies. Funky comes. I by the time Funky came, I understood you're gonna have to change and adapt every three or four years. Now, in regards to the authenticity, how I know when to change is when I'm raving to the music. If I'm in the if I'm if I'm with the public and we're all going blah, blah, when the song's coming on, now I'm understanding what this means to our culture. It's not just about, oh, I'm just going to jump on. I'm having experience. I'm, I'm like in Devil in a Blue Dress. I'm meeting women. I'm growing up. I'm doing alcohol. I'm doing all of these sort of things. I'm I'm telling everyone how proud of African I am because I'm African and West Indian. So I, and I lived in Ghana as well. So mm-hmm. my opinion of of my blackness is is mine. It's not, it's not given to me by other people kind of thing. But in order for me to be authentic, I need to have experiences to that music. I need to go partying with my friends and have arguments, have fights, meet girls, rave it out, dance, slap the fucking desk when the DJ's like making a tune that I like. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's where the authenticity comes from. It comes from the, the music being a part of my lifestyle. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And who, who would you say has kind of supported you in doing that? And, and what have you learned while, while doing it as well? I've had loads of supporters along the time, but the person who supported me the most is me. Do you know what I mean? Because I've been independent. Well, I've, I've been doing this for like 21 years. I was independent for 16 of those years. And then four of those years I was signed and then I'm back to being independent again. And it's like, I've had many mentors. Sticky, Jason, they were mentors. Brian Higgins, he was a mentor. Shia Fexy, he was a mentor. So they've been in and out, but I'm the consistent. I'm the, 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 the driving force. And again, that comes from gratitude. Because you you can always say, oh, someone else, oh, you're you're not being humble. But you are being humble because you're the one that has to wake up in the morning every day. No one can do that for you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And if you don't, if you don't, if you don't look up to yourself, respect and love yourself, how are you gonna do these things? If I was to say anyone else after that, it would be my dad. My mum and my dad had saved maybe like two thousand pounds by the time I was 14. And like I've been pestering my dad about music because obviously I've been pestering him since I was six and he's been trying to deter me from it. Mm-hmm. And then by the time I was 14, he was like, well, you know, me and your mum had, it was like 1,700. Do you know what I mean? They For the 15 years, that's what they saved for me. He was like, if you want a studio, this is all we have. 
And then with that, I got an, a sampler, uh, an Atari computer and a keyboard. So I would say like my mum and my dad, they actually gave me the tools to build the skills that I have today. I love that. And yeah. I think you've, you've, you've pointed out something very interesting about consistency. So, you know, you can be given all the tools, but at the end of the day, it's down to yourself. Yeah. You can be given the support, but it comes down to you to be consistency. Do you know what resonated with me in everything you're saying? I think in particular the story about your parents. When you first said consistency is about gratitude, that's like the first time I've heard that perspective. But you giving that example really kind of made it, it made it like really real for me because actually it's the gratitude you had for like their sacrifices or whatever they gave you or their investment in you that made you kind of, that pushed you again to like deliver. I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to make something out of this. So I think that's just for me a fresh perspective on consistency, like being thankful and grateful for mm. what you've got or where you are and then using that to kind of propel you to move forward. Using that to give yourself, because you can give yourself positive energy. Mm -hmm. So what you forget is like all those stores of, you see when they talk about, oh, don't share your energy with people or mm -hmm. if, if you are going to share your energy, wait until it's overflowing. That energy they're talking about, what do you think you're supposed to do with that? You're supposed to use that to motivate you to do certain things. Yeah, I hear that. And so on your journey, when you think about some of the things you've you've gone through, has there ever been like a mistake or like a challenge that you faced that's kind of like stuck with you? And how have you kind of overcome challenges again to, to keep your journey going and flowing? I make mistakes all the time. I made a mistake today. I'm actually a fuming. It's like, it's like if I can't, there's certain, I can't move forward with my career if certain things aren't corrected if I've got to be serious like like the, the place where I'm at now I'm responsible for other people certain things that might I can not take seriously later I gotta take serious now so mm -hmm. I'm still making mistakes now I'm just the only thing you can say is be self-aware enough that because something in the back of my head was actually saying to me from last night at two o'clock Look at your emails, look at your... And I was like, no, man, I'm tired, man. And he's like, no. And then this morning he was like, get up, look at your emails. And then, so now I know there's a voice in my head that's got my back and I need to take that person more seriously kind of thing. But like, there's loads of mistakes I've made. and I've, You can't learn without mistakes. So how do you then, you know, how do you kind of not allow your mistakes to hold you back? By not beating yourself up about it. You're only human. Yeah. That's true. It's like, again, <laughs> gratitude. If you made a mistake, did you fix the mistake? That's really what you got to look at. In your life, when you've made mistakes, did you go out of your way to fix the mistake? If you went out of your way to fix the mistake, then you're good. That's really what you need. You need to understand that when there's a problem, you're going to solve it. Mm -hmm. It's not really about the mistake. It's about what you do afterwards. Yeah. And I think also what comes with that is acceptance. Because sometimes there are things that happen that maybe you can't change. Or maybe, you know, it's already happened and it is what it is. And I think in those moments, accepting as yes. well what it is allows you to to move on. But what are some of the key, like some of the surprises you, you've had in, in the music industry or, or key learnings? Um, especially how you've seen the industry change. My career has been a surprising thing to me. In what sense? Because I've been like, I I haven't needed the industry to have a career. Oh yeah. Like I had my skill, then I had MTV Bass 
and documentaries and I could see Jay-Z sold music outside of his car. But I didn't think I would turn into what I'm at today and have such a long career. That was a big surprise to me. I just want to kind of find from your perspective, how would you say the industry has changed over the years like since, like, since you've been working and been part of it? I think before Spotify, music was very much segregated. There was very much an underground and a mainstream. And everyone in the underground, if you wanted songs, you had to go and look for them. Mm-hmm. Like you had to go and look for them. You had to listen to your radio and wait until your favourite song came on and recorded it on the tape. You had to do all of that sort of stuff. Whereas Spotify just gave, gave everyone everything. So it, it took away the kind of searching to find what you want. What you want will find you now. Mm. And what Spotify did was let the country know that majority of us like black music, whites, blacks, Asians, da 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 da. When we were listening to Tupac, our Asian friends were listening to Tupac. Mm-hmm. Our white friends were listening to Tupac. But there was no... So we weren't coming together, like, even though we, people were in their own... Is that yeah. what you're saying? Like, in your own communities, you were listening to it, but there wasn't that coming together of different backgrounds, cultures, yeah. experiencing it. What do you call it? Well, you see, you see you've got the two things and you push them together, like, and for a window, and it cuts people's vision of you. Not blinds. Blinds. Yeah, yeah. Right. So they were blinds, yeah, <laughs> in front of all of us. Uh-huh. And Spotify took those blinds away and they were like, oh, you like Puck. Oh, you like Puck for the same reason I like Puck. Oh, now in different conversations yeah, happening. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's what, I think Spotify and all, all of the digital um, platforms changed um, everyone's perception towards music. Even from a business side, mm-hmm. they can now quantify. They're like, oh, this song's done 10 million streams. It mm-hmm. made 40 grand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What can we do with that? Whereas before, it's like a tune's just big on road and everyone likes the tune, but you don't know if you can actually make money from it. So mm-hmm. Spotify changed all of that. Of course, this is the Twice As Hard podcast. So really keen to f- find out, you know, what does the term Twice As Hard mean to you? Before I went to your um, UK Black seminar for businessmen and women, I always used to think, Oh, as a black man, you've got to work 10 times as hard because that's what we've been told and that's what it feels like. And then Trevor McDonald gave a different perspective that kind of blew my mind. He was like, I don't want to tell my kids you've got to work 10 times as hard. What if they've got the capability of working 100 times and I've limited them? Do you know what I mean? And it's like, it's true. It's like, you want your children to know what the world is really like, but you don't want to scaremonger them into limiting themselves. Mm. Because like he said, yes, let's say we do have to work 10 times, but what if your child was born to be a Barack Obama and he's comfortable working 150 times? That's that's his work rate, Mm. but you've put it in his head, just, just work 10 times more. So now when it comes to like twice as hard, I think... Now that means to me, if you like something, just do it as much as you can do. Because mm-hmm. it might be twice as hard. It might be four times as hard. It might be eight times as hard. Just don't let that number scare you from doing something because you just don't know what you're capable of. And I think that's what it's all about. And this is like, this is what twice as hard the book was about giving people the opportunity to hear from others how they did it, knowing that regardless of what society puts in your way, if you're if you're passionate about it, 
you know, and if you apply yourself, if you look for the right support, like to your point earlier around mentorship, finding the right mentors, um, opportunities are out there. Mm. You just you just can't allow the kind of the roadblocks to hold you back or the hurdles to keep you from jumping. Um, so, yeah. yeah. But I think one thing that you said that um, really stood out to me is you said, um, like, maybe if you're referring to kids or younger generation, you want them to know what the world is like. Mm -hmm. So I think it's also important. Yeah, we understand the challenges, etc. But also it's great to highlight. That's why we've got people like yourself on the show, people who have overcome these challenges and who are successful Mm -hmm. in their career as a black professional um, and a role model to the um, community. So, yeah, um, Thank you so much, Daneo. It's been a absolute pleasure. We're done already, yeah? We are. Fair enough. (laughs) I mean, I could, we could, I'm sure, continue for hours. Yeah, you know. (laughs) It's been great. We've we've gone through so much consistency. Like, you've literally dropped so many gems. Yeah. Mm. Um, So many things that we wanted to ask you, but you already gone through it, which is is incredible. Um, Yeah, again, such a pleasure to have you. Yeah. Um, it's been great connecting with you. Wicked. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Donaya. I think that's just, that's been an incredible conversation. Um, and just a reminder to keep going hard, you know, party hard, but also work hard. And when you work hard, you'll see results. Um, so I love those tips just around consistency. I think you know it's been it's been a good run this this um, yeah series. yeah I mean still kind of still blown away by that session it was just great like like so many of the interviews that we've had um, yeah just you can just see the consistency you know throughout his career um, and what he's achieved and what he's done and yeah this season's been great it has been I'm just like thinking back to some of the sessions we've um, we've had. Um, and some of the things that have really resonated with me um, is our conversation with Adem and it was so powerful his points on just making sure you create space to be creative um, and really owning the spaces that you find yourself in Um, and I know for me working in corporate um, and you know starting my career where I was literally (laughs) the only black person in the room I've you know I'm reminded of how important it is to show up but own the space where you are and recognize um that you deserve to be there I think what popped to my mind as well about the season it was a great chat with when we were speaking with Trevor Nelson mm. about entrepreneurship oh yeah and I think that's just so important to to remind um listeners to just to remind everyone um about you know you can almost act like an entrepreneur within a company Mm -hmm. like you don't need to go off and start your own business Mm -hmm. and yeah he's a great example of that yeah in fact you know you said act like it's not even a matter of acting you You can be a creative person within the company you find yourself and I think that's one of the important lessons we've learned in some of the conversations we've had is if entrepreneurship is for you absolutely go and do that and to your point about execution that you always mention do that with excellence um but if your journey is to work in a company or an organization and be an employee again you can do that and be amazing at it and grow in whatever industry you find yourself um and in many ways it kind of reminds me of like a conversation we had with Jamelia about leadership 
Leadership isn't just about being an owner of something. Leadership can manifest itself in so many different ways. You know, being a leader of a team in an organization, being a leader of your own business, or just being a leader as an individual and like setting an example for, for others to kind of see and follow. So yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's, a, it's been really a lot. Yeah. This is the final episode of Twice As Hard. Thank you so much for joining us for season one. That's it from us. But if you're in the mood for more insightful chat, feel free to listen back to any of our previous episodes wherever you get your podcasts. See you soon. This is the Twice As Hard podcast from Storyglass. Your hosts were me, Raphael Sofaluk. And me, Opiemi Sofaluk. The producer is Nicole Logan and executive producer is Alex Hollands. Production support from Tolly Mags and production management from Kerry Luter. Our show opener and episode mixing is done by Charlie Brandon King. Special thanks to the team at Spiritland Studios and to all our lovely guests. Twice as Hard, the book, is published by DK and available from all good bookstores now. If you like the podcast, please let us know by rating us and leaving a review. We know everyone says this, but it really does make a difference when it comes to people finding out about the podcast. Also, like, share amongst your community and the big one, subscribe. We'll see you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.